0: episode 90 of the shock shock knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network sean saint Jacques back here with you for another week of knicks and nba talk hope you're all doing as well as you can be at the moment out there we'll talk knicks a lot this week a lot of knicks news a lot of knicks notes a lot of stuff you know on the court to talk about and obviously some stuff going on off the court with some injuries that we'll get to And some free agency stuff that continues to trickle in. The news surrounding the Knicks free agency and trade deadline, which is just around the corner. I believe we're about, as a time of recording, as we record, about a week away from the NBA trade deadline. Will the Knicks make a move? Do the Knicks need to make a move? And with some of the injuries that have propped up the last couple of days, maybe the Knicks do need to think about it. But we'll see what they decide to do. We'll talk about it later on in the show as well and we're bringing back stock up stock downs we'll get to that later on in the show as well talking a little nba in the broader picture since there's not a ton of big nba news at least not at the moment of recording this week so we will be touching on stock up stock down to finish off the show tough week for the knicks overall I, i i was frustrated this week with some of the Knicks results um I guess we'll, we'll start with the game that was going on while I recorded the last podcast um this was a week up filled with deep breaths if you're an if you're a Knicks fan it really was um Knicks were hanging in with the Bucs uh, for most of the time I was recording the podcast I was keeping you guys roughly up to date as long as I could throughout the time I could record last week's show but the Knicks let it slip and really couldn't recover and the game got away from the Knicks in the second half after you know to be fair the Bucks were the better team for most of the first half the Knicks though were still you know they, they the Bucks were the Bucks had a healthy lead but the Knicks could never really cut into it after halftime and then when it looked like the Knicks might turn it around in the third the Bucks were able to put the kibosh on that and put the Knicks away in the fourth and it ended up being a route. 134 To 101, one of the more poor defensive performances the Knicks have had this season. The Bucks had at least 29 points in every quarter, and the Knicks were not able to defend as well as they have for most of this season. RJ Barrett was strong, 22 points as a starter. uh, None of the other starters really brought it as far as point production is concerned. A really rare, rare poor night from Julius Randle, who only had seven points on 11 shots from the field he actually had more rebounds than points in this game eight rebounds and six assists a really rare poor game from the nba all-star this year uh Nerland's noel with a rare uh, off night as well despite solid defensive uh stands at times only two points and only one rebound in 22 minutes very rare than when he's been in that he's been that poor as a starter filling in for mitchell robinson Uh, a couple threes from reggie bullock most of the bright spots came from the bench alec burks had 17 and 8 assists off the bench quickly despite poor shooting got to the free throw line quite a bit as much as actually more than any nick in this game almost combined by the way the rest of his teammates Uh, if i do the math real quick had 12 free throws i believe my math's correct he had nine by himself at the line made six of them 15 points in the end the knicks had one of their more poor performances of the season coming out of the all-star break they ended up falling flat specifically in the second quarter and then deep into the third quarter and then of course let it slip and it got ugly in the fourth difficult loss to take. Bucks get a little bit of revenge for the Knicks win over them earlier in the season. Tough one for the Knicks, but you know again, you know at the time you're thinking maybe the Knicks can bounce back. The Bucks are the Bucks. They continue to tinker with that roster and they they go pretty deep off the bench. I think the Bucks played nine guys, 10 guys. I think it was 9 or 10 off the bench in the win. And they, you know, had double figures from six guys, including all five, sorry, seven guys, including all five starters. So the Knicks defensively were not good enough against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. But the Knicks bounced back. And I was really hoping the Knicks would get this game regardless of the result of that first game. The, the Knicks owed OKC1 from that home loss to the to the Thunder earlier in the season. I was really hoping the Knicks would bounce back and get them back for that one. They did, 119 to 97 and OKC, who has struggled at home quite a bit this season 7 and 12 at the time of the knicks win at home so that's actually where the thunder have struggled this season but listen just after that bucks performance the knicks were looking for a response they got it it took a little while the first quarter was not ideal but the, the uh, i should say the thunder had a nine point lead going into the second quarter but the knicks immediately righted the ship and the rest was all Knicks on the road in a convincing win. Julius Randle was back to his old self at a triple double, 26, 12, and 12. RJ Barrett with his best performance of the season to date 32 points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals. He was fantastic. Um, I, I think that, you know, we've been waiting for RJ Barrett to bring that and obviously bring it more consistently we know he's got it in him he has shown the signs it was really impressive against okc hopefully you get more of that as the season goes on he was really great uh, he was the difference in the game i mean obviously uh julius randall's triple double is right there they're, you know, they're they're co-players of the game no question but 32 points from rj barrett made that game very comfortable for most of the second half so he deserves a lot of credit for that performance Alec Burks again really strong off the bench 15 points he's really keeping you know he's really keeping the bench warm I'm telling you remember we were talking at the beginning of the season that this could be the Austin Rivers role and it's really turned into the Alec Burks role specifically after he's come off the injury and again takes a lot of shots to get to those points but he's bringing you points off the bench consistently around that 15 point mark and they're crucial points so it's huge from him and then, of course, the human microwave off the bench. Emmanuel quickly had 21 points, four assists, and two steals. And we'll talk a little bit more about him in a little bit. One nineteen ninety-seven, huge win at the time. I thought for the Knicks to get back to above five hundred on the season it was their twentieth win of the season for the Knicks, which I believe eclipses what the Knicks had last season. If if they haven't already, it's getting close. If they haven't, the Knicks have. Uh, The Knicks are going to blow past their record from last season, but of course, that's not the goal anymore. The goal is to make the playoffs. So 119-97, again, just to reiterate, the Thunder were coming in, you know, not playing great, but the Knicks owed them one from earlier in the season when the Thunder got the better of them at MSG. The Knicks bounced back in a big way and got a really a a one-sided victory in the end in this one now we got to get to the brooklyn game a game that you know has frustrated me for most of the week um as it does for as it should for many Knicks fans and really uh, nba fans as well this is not how a game should be decided um this was this was a game that was really well played by both sides the nets had a really strong start to this game that they they were uh up big at the half had a double digit lead at halftime held the knicks off in the third quarter there were a number of times where the Knicks had an opportunity to cut into the Brooklyn lead in the third quarter and the Nets kept them within, you know, kept them at arm's distance, but the Knicks rallied in the fourth. I mean, it was a, a miraculous comeback by the Knicks in the fourth quarter looked at one point like the Knicks were, were potentially going to use that momentum to go on and win the game. I mean, it was that or at least come back and tie it that kind of a deal but with 5.7 seconds left, I'm actually looking at it right now. Julius Randle gets it on the inbounds, and he's called for a travel on the shot. He couldn't believe it. The Knicks bench couldn't believe it. And with 3.2 seconds, let I me mean, just look at the, the look on Tibbs's face. I'm looking back at it now. He's convinced it's a deflection, and that's because it was. Kyrie Irving gets a piece of the ball. Julius Randle is able to reestablish his dribble because of that. In the end, the Knicks have to foul. James Harden goes to the free throw line and ices it with six-tenths of a second left. Nets win it 117 to 112. Very, very frustrating. Julius Randle uh, went right back at the officials after the game. Uh, The Nets got away with one, no question about it. Not that the Knicks, again, you know, the Knicks could have missed the three and the game would have been over anyway, but a very controversial traveling call at the end of the game that should not have been called should have at least been looked at was not looked at i don't think you can actually look at that call i don't think i think a traveling call does not apply in the nba replay review uh system correct me if i'm wrong on that so they actually couldn't look at it um and in the end the nets escape 117 to 112 which i mean again it would have been a pretty bad loss for the nets if they had blown that late in the game but again knicks left it too late you could argue that you know randall doesn't even knock down the three and it doesn't matter but the knicks lost their chance to tie the game and that's the controversy uh game should have been decided on the play that julius randall reestablishes his dribble after he had the ball skimmed away from him by Kyrie irving on the inbounds play referees made a bad call didn't get a chance to change it and in the end brooklyn wins it 117 to one twelve. And it takes away a fantastic Knicks performance. It really does. The Knicks were fantastic in this game. They they the, the heart they showed to fight back against arguably uh the hottest team in the conference at the moment. I think the Nets now have won six in a row. Um really, really impressive stuff uh from the Knicks, despite the loss. And, and again, you you gotta forget about it. Um in the in the grand scheme of things. Brooklyn got away with one. The Knicks will get another shot at them. You know, the, the Knicks will get another chance to beat the Nets uh later on I believe either uh I think in early April the Knicks and Nets play again they'll get another shot at them I think it would be a big morale booster if the Knicks were able to get that one back because this was a game where the Knicks showed a lot of heart a lot of fight despite the the controversy again Julius Randle had 33 and 12 rebounds Reggie Bullock had one of his best games of the season had 19 points on five three-point makes along with a couple of twos had six rebounds rj barrett was great again 10 of 10 from the line 23 points and then emmanuel quickly as a starter 21 points kept he, kept up his fantastic bench play as a starter despite obviously no alfred payton uh, for the knicks and obviously derrick rose still unavailable so alec burks had double figures off the bench uh, Obi Toppin didn't play a ton frank nilakina uh fouled out with only uh, one steal, one assist, three rebounds, and no points. That was disappointing. Went 0 5 from the field, 0 4 from three. Knicks could have used a little bit more from him if you want to poke a few holes in the Knicks themselves on the night. But the fight that was shown from the Knicks is, is really, uh, again, goes right back to the top with Tom Thibodeau and what he's done and what the front office has allowed him to do. That partnership between him leon rose and company has been fantastic so again you give the knicks a lot of credit for for fighting back this game looked like it was over going into the fourth the knicks kept on going arguably should have had a chance or not arguably should have had a chance to tie it didn't get the opportunity on a controversial traveling call and the nets survive by five points and the knicks obviously will get a shot at them again in april one more game to look back on this week another heartbreaker Uh, another Another honestly great performance, in my opinion, from the Knicks, and they let it slip in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Knicks really were the better team in Philly for three quarters. It was really impressive. You know, the Knicks now. You know, in, and I'll mention this probably at the end of this this segment, but the Knicks have now gone toe to toe with the two best teams, arguably right now in the East, and should have won both games. Should have won both of the games, but weren't able to get it done. And listen uh you know brooklyn at the time of the game i think was 16 and 6 at home and they and they almost go there and win and then 18 and 3 philly was at home at the time of this game the other night and philly holds on to get the win Knicks got so many great performances from the starters again randall was you know again his usual self two assists shy of a triple double 19 15 and 8 Reggie Bullocks continued his hot shooting. I mean, he's he's been having a fantastic week, and the Knicks have had nothing to show for it. Twelve points, five rebounds, three of five from deep. Much better from Nerland's Noel, I I thought. He was fantastic again. Seventeen from RJ Barrett, eight rebounds, four assists. He's been really strong overall these last four games or so. And then Emmanuel Quickly with thirteen points as a starter. You know, again, he's gonna have to continue to manage those minutes. Uh, tom thibodeau is that is and manuel quickly you know right now so far has filled the role as a starter rather well so i'm excited to see if he can continue to keep that up taj gibson had double figure points 10 off the bench and another great bench performance uh really kind of wasted from alec burks who had 19 to assist for rebounds i mean alec burks has been phenomenal off the bench he's been really really good i'll I'll say this one thing i want to mention and and i know things change when he's back in the lineup or back in the rotation but the knicks could have won at least one of these two games with derrick rose in that lineup i'm fully convinced of that the knicks right now have a backcourt uh that's beaten up they can't rely on frank nilakina to help i mean nilakina again in 15 minutes had no points on four shots with a couple of steals, so he's not going to help you at least not right now um and, and then on top of that you look at the fact that frankly um no pun intended frankly you know they the knicks have missed Alfred payton they have missed Alfred payton these last few games the knicks again have gotten good performances from emmanuel quickly but have no guard option to go to off the bench to run the offense that's the bottom line and those minutes the knicks have been hurt at times during these last few games and really when the Knicks kind of threw this one away in the fourth, again, the Knicks were up for most of this game had a, you know, not comfortable lead in the fourth, but, but you know, one where you'd expect the Knicks to go on and win. I think the Knicks were up nine going into the fourth should have won the game from there. And in the end, the 76ers outscore them 26 to 14 in the fourth and go on and get a, a, to be fair to them, a gutsy come from behind victory in the end a, a victory that the knicks were not able to 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 stop because in my opinion too many too many mental mistakes down the stretch and, and i think on top of that you know lack of depth at the guard position specifically at the point guard position i think really hurt the knicks in the fourth and there were a couple of mental mistakes because of that where maybe Derek rose or alfred payton despite some of his struggles this year on the latter part of that you know don't make those mistakes so it, again disappointing from the knicks no question about a game they should have won without question against a good team arguably the best team right now in the east uh, i think you would put philly and brooklyn right there with the bucks so you know to be fair the three games the knicks have lost have been to arguably the three best teams in their conference but they you know the, la- the latter two you can argue the knicks should have won so it's it's you know you take the good from those and you try to move on because this has been a tough week for the knicks you know they've faced some really tough competition and just haven't been able to close the last two games out specifically the last game against philly where they were in control through the third quarter and then let it slip in the fourth but again the knicks should be commended for their fight against brooklyn i think you just throw the bucks game out and you move on from that one don't really think about that and the knicks haven't and you, you you take pride from getting one back against okc a game that you should have won at the garden earlier in the season and you give them a little payback on their home court so overall i think you take a lot of positives from the week but but i think you have to be frustrated with the way the last two games ended he got a little hosed in brooklyn to say the least now again the reason i say a little bit is because julius Randle could regain his dribble and then miss the three and the knicks lose anyway you know what i mean so you can argue a little bit too little too late in the fourth in that game in this game, you had the, the Sixers not dead to rights, but you had them in a really good spot to go on and win the game from, and you let it slip. So I think the, the Philly game is the more frustrating of the two because the Knicks showed a lot of fight in Brooklyn. They, they, they had a chance to tie the game late. It was taken away from them by the refs. But in the end, you know, the Knicks could have won that game if they played a little bit better in, in specifically that second quarter. And then here against Philly, they, you know, didn't dominate the Sixers, but they were the better team through three quarters specifically that second quarter the knicks really got some distance between the two and then they let it all slip in the fourth and and philly you know listen you give philly the credit they that that they deserve they they guarded home court extremely well in the fourth they kept it very close in the third and they gave themselves a chance to win and they're expecting to be a championship caliber team they proved that in the fourth that they're able to come back when the adversities against them tobias harris was huge with 30 points and remember, this is a Philly team that did not have Joel Embiid, who's out with, right now with an injury. So Seth Curry was huge. A double-double from Ben Simmons, who was three assists shy of a triple-double. And obviously off the bench, Corkmaz Cork had 12. Uh, and, and then Dwight Howard had a double-double, 11 and 12. So Philly did enough in the end, just barely, uh, to win this game. And uh, the Knicks have to feel... Like they let this one slip away, and and again, late Tobias Harris made the plays that he needed to make to seal this one for Philly. So in the end, it's a one in three week, but one that the Knicks could take a lot of positives from. And obviously, moving forward, there's winnable games out there for this Knicks team. They have Orlando later on on the night of the podcast being recorded. So again, I won't have reaction to that game until next week. But for right now, the Knicks are looking to get back to 500 at home against a magic team that they should be able to beat, especially if they've been, they have been they keep playing the way they've been playing and obviously have to continue to focus on closing games out because that's the difference between, you know, a very good team and a competitive team, or I should say a, a, a team that's competitive and a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs. That's the difference. So we'll see if the Knicks can turn it around starting tonight and get back to 500 at home against Orlando. Let me take a break here when we come back more knicks news talking free agency talking trade deadline and we'll talk some injuries as well the knicks could be forced to go make a move at the trade deadline because of some of these but we'll see we'll, we'll dive into that next along with stock up stock down looking at nba teams around the league all that and more is next on the shock shock knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network Part two of the show. We'll dive right into the Knicks news and notes first. We'll get to stock up, stock down a little bit later on in the show. I might wrap that up uh, at the end of the show. Stock up, stock down, like we did a couple of weeks ago. And really, you know, you have to start with, you know, specifically with the Knicks injuries, and that and that's a, it's a tough place to start, but we have to go there first. Obviously, the Knicks have been without Derrick Rose. The Knicks have been now without Alfred Payton through injury as well and obviously the latest um the latest situation with emmanuel quickly is not good either um the knicks again um don't have alfred payton due to a strained right hamstring derrick rose because of the health and safety protocols with covid has been out um austin rivers has been out for personal reasons and i hadn't seen that until couple of days ago so he's not hurt he or or there's nothing going on as far as him with the team but he's out for personal reasons at the moment at least that's how it's being uh you know said publicly we're not sure what's going on behind the scenes with him although the knicks could use him uh when he's ready to go physically and mentally but the big one now and obviously without alfred payton with the right strain right hamstring the knicks have been missing some depth but the knicks are not going to have Emmanuel quickly tonight due to his sore left ankle so Knicks are Knicks are really struggling specifically I mean guard position in general but specifically at the point guard position which means now without Peyton without Rose and without quickly Frank Nilakina could likely start tonight unless the Knicks want to play big and they put RJ Barrett there um or you know maybe Alec Burke slides into the starting lineup potentially and then RJ Barrett Is at the point, you know, it's it's interesting to see how that's going to work, what the Knicks will decide to do. But at least for the game against Orlando tonight, again you guys know the result when the podcast goes out. Gonna be tough sledding without Emmanuel quickly in there. But the Knicks will be tested here. It's gonna be a heavy Julius Randle and RJ Barrett kind of night, you'd have to feel, and we'll hope that the Knicks can overcome it because this would be a big win to get, to get back to five hundred and right the ship after a couple of really tough losses to two of the better teams in the eastern conference of the nba so again tough news about uh emmanuel quickly doesn't sound like it's going to be very long term but it's more like a day-to-day situation and when he's ready to get back on the floor in an nba game he'll be ready so hopefully sooner rather than later as far as that's concerned because he started the last two games and has looked rather well uh, rather uh, excuse me he's looked really good i should say pardon me so he's been great as a starter and we're hoping he can continue that he'll have to at least rest for tonight with these uh with the sore left ankle um and obviously listen you know alec burks could could definitely fill this role frank nilakina will likely uh step in as the starter um and then you know jared harper i i think would probably even right i mean he's probably the next one up after that he might get some minutes in this game so that's a little worrying because uh, <laughs> we haven't seen him at all in in a nick in, in a new york nick uniform we've really just seen him because he's a two-way player in a westchester Knicks uniform down in the g-league bubble this season so again tough to see that for quickly hopefully he's back you know quickly uh pun intended um <laughs> from this sore left ankle because the Knicks need him right now no question about that so the injuries have continued to pile up in the backcourt specifically at the point guard position for the next and that brings me you know that brings me really into and again by the way for those wondering about uh alfred payton he is out tonight as well or out uh, you know on the thursday that you guys will already know the result of the game when you get this podcast so that no payton no quickly no rose so it's going to be nilakina maybe alec burks maybe rj barrett taking turns handling the rock but real quick i mean it brings up the question about you know the trade deadline you know what the knicks could possibly do and again in the past shows they're not going to dive too deep back into the some of the guys we've talked about if you want to dive deep into that nothing's changed on the fronts with a lot of these guys so you know, we have talked about jj reddick we've talked about victor oladipo we've talked about um other notable guys uh Lon- lonzo ball is another we've talked about uh the knicks potentially trying to make a move for at the trade deadline so there's other guys we've talked about um so last podcast of the podcast before that 89 and 88 uh, we dive a lot deeper into that i'm not going to dive as deep into those because nothing's changed on those fronts but what i will what i will mention is the knicks now have to make a big decision here the knicks really have to decide you know is this the time to pull the trigger? Is this the time to say, hey, you know, listen, Derek Rose will be back, quickly we'll be back, Peyton will be back, but do we, you know, because of some of these injury problems and what we really don't have to go to, you know, with the fact that we're down to Nilakina and Burks for a game is not ideal, specifically on the Nilakina side of things with the way he has played of late and his inconsistencies as a Nick do the knicks decide to make a move period we're just talking anyone on the roster or does this do these injuries force the knicks to really think hard about getting another guardian on this roster shooting or point i mean really point would be preferable because now you've got three point guards out right three of them are out now with injuries so it makes you wonder now again you expect quickly to be back sooner rather than later same with alfred payton um derek rose it's it's COVID protocols so you're hoping that you know within maybe a week although we thought he'd be back a little bit sooner within maybe a week he will be back as well maybe sooner who knows it depends on on his testing so that's the good news is your your back's not totally against the wall here these guys will be back but you gotta you gotta keep winning games so that's where that's where the decision has to be made by coach thibodeau Leon Rose and the entire hierarchy of the Knicks, where you have to think long and hard about, you know, potentially making a move here, whether it's a go for it move and you're saying, you know what, we need a star, we need Victor Oladipo, or it's, you know, a stopgap move, and you think, you know what, we just need another piece that's gonna help fill up the role, give us some minutes off the bench. You know, we haven't had Austin Rivers due to personal reasons this season. Do we get Alonzo Ball? Do we get a JJ Redick? you know, another shooter that the Knicks can maybe look into, it's very interesting, you know, it's very interesting to, to see what the Knicks are going to do, some have also cited, you know, over the last couple of days, the the lack of progression so far of Obi Toppin being, you know, another thing where you go, well, you know, if he's not going to come along and, and help, you know, can you think about making a move there, but my thought there is, I mean, look who's in front of him, and I think one of our guys on the Posting and Toasting site has written about this. You know, Julius Randle has been a monster all season, and Obi Toppin's not really ready to play the five in the NBA, so you can't play him there, and he's not a small forward. He's a power forward. So you can't you can't knock Obi Toppin that there's an all-star in front of him. He's a rookie. So I, I, you gotta give Obi Toppin some time, and, and I think... Um, He's had some moments off the bench where he's been very good. But he's not used to playing that little a time in, M- in NBA games, in basketball games. He was the star at Dayton. He never, he barely ever missed any time, especially that senior year. I don't think he missed a minute in a Dayton Flyer uniform, unless it was a blowout or whatever. So I, I you know, it's tough to put that on, on Obi Toppin. I, I think the Knicks are going to figure that out with him. And I think the Knicks really have to worry about whether or not they pull the trigger at the trade deadline i mean that's the thing that's very much in front of them right now you know i mentioned lonzo ball and it's worth mentioning you know because because we've brought him up in this show but also past shows as a trade deadline acquisition for the knicks and last time we mentioned him it could be more of a summer move for him well multiple reports are suggesting now that lonzo ball is going to strongly consider the knicks as a restricted free agent this summer so that with that story now being out there and it was reported first by the New York Post, that tells me that the Knicks are likely not going to look at Lonzo Ball at the trade deadline. That tells me that Lonzo Ball has basically, you know, looked around and said, yeah, I'm probably going to be here in New Orleans for the rest of this season. And then as a restricted free agent next year, I can assess my options. So it's interesting. It's really... (laughs) it's really intriguing to see what the Knicks are going to do um, with that move. Uh, Again, point guard feels like the right option, but again, these guys will be back. So it shouldn't be, unless it's a star, right? It's a star guard. Then you look at, okay, you know, what do we have to give up? We've talked about that. What are the Knicks willing to give up the price? And then on top of that, fit on the team. And do the Knicks go for it, or again? And Tom Thibodeau has said this publicly: he's confident in his team regardless of what they decide to do. So, his thought, his thought in the back of his mind could be: you know what? Quickly is going to come back soon. Derek Rose is going to come back off COVID protocols, and then quickly, uh, sorry, then uh, Peyton will be back. I feel good about those three guys. So that that could very much be what what the Knicks decide to do, and just say, you know what? We'll go after it in the summer i like this team we can make the playoffs with this team let's go after it so that that could really end up being what the knicks decide to do it's very intriguing very interesting stuff with the knicks at the moment at the trade deadline and let me know what you guys think whether it's in the comments below or on twitter hit me up at sj7 let me know what you guys think the knicks should do here it's very intriguing i've gone back and forth on it this week because you, you get a little nervous with all the injuries piling up, and again, I found out about the quickly injury right before I started recording the podcast on the Thursday, you think point guard, but then you're thinking, well, they're going to come back, these are not long-term injuries for the most part, and and especially with quickly and Derrick Rose, then you look at, you know, maybe go shooting guard, and add some, you know, more firepower there, who knows, it's, it's a tough decision to make, you know, again, because, the other thing is, Mitchell Robinson's going to be back at some point this season. So you're going to bring Nerlens Noel then off the bench, unless you think you know, you, Mitchell Robinson should start off the bench, that kind of a thing. So there's going to be enough depth, you'd think, in the front court, along with Obi Toppin being there. But then you look at the back court, and is that enough? With quickly, you know, again, assuming everyone's healthy, quickly Peyton Rose, and then you know right now, Nilakina would be the fourth guy. And then obviously, the, the back court solidified by bench play from. Alec Burks as well. So and then if he comes back off those personal reasons potentially Austin Rivers as well. So it's a very it's a very uh tough situation to read. Obviously Tom Thibodeau knows the situation infinitely more than any of us. So he'll know he'll he'll feel a lot more confident about what he needs to do. But for right now, you know, those are the questions popping up because of the current state of the injuries on the Knicks roster. So we'll have to see, we'll see what the Knicks decide to do, might not be anything, maybe a small move, or maybe in in probably the smaller percentage bracket, the Knicks go for it, and, and get a big time player, but we'll have to see, we'll see what the Knicks decide to do in the end, but for right now, Knicks have a big game against Orlando, you guys will know the result of it, uh, when the podcast goes out, could be a really, you know, again, a game despite the Knicks being, you know, de- you know, decimated in the backcourt, a game if the Knicks can win it, could be a big morale booster moving forward and then hopefully guys will start to come back and you could build a little bit of momentum moving into the end of march so let's wrap up the show with the new segment i think this is only the second time we've done this on the show quick game of stock up stock down looking at the nba to finish off the show this week each conference one team that stocks going up one team that stock is going down Let's start in the East, where there's a lot of contenders this week for stock up stock down. Uh, really? I mean,, I, oof, multiple candidates in both categories <laughs> this week. Um, I, I, the three the three stock ups are pretty, the three stock up candidates are pretty solidified. I'm gonna go with Atlanta. I, I feel like the Atlanta one out of the three is the most surprising. You know, at one point Atlanta, you know, six games under five hundred were fourteen and twenty, kind of, you know, not f- being able to win games uh late in the late in the fourth, and have totally turned it around. I-, I think Atlanta deserves a lot of credit for the last week and a half with the way they've bounced back. Um and all of a sudden, you know, the the the, the Hawks are in a playoff spot and they weren't very much off the pace uh you know earlier in the month maybe the beginning of the month and they've you know beaten some pretty good teams to be fair and then, and then the schedule has gone for them a little bit they've won at miami at orlando at toronto then at home they've beaten the kings and the calves and then the other night they beat the rockets on the road by double digits and trey young has just been off the charts as well and so has danilo gallinari specifically in the win over Houston at 29 points. So the Hawks are very much back in the in the playoff race. No question about that. And one team that's sort of fallen out of it, and again we you know you can the other candidate here is Orlando, but really you know for this I think you got to go Toronto here. I mean Toronto very much was in the mix for a playoff spot. And again there's a lot of games left to be played. No question about that. And they kind of looked like they you know they they figured it out a little bit. They'd write, you know, kind of righted the ship a little bit but maybe because of the covid postponements a couple of games were pushed back for Toronto overall they've lost 8 of their last 9 around the you know in and around those postponed games and now they've lost 6 in a row losing to Detroit, Charlotte, Chicago, the Celtics, the Hornets. So sorry, out of order. They lost to the Pistons, then the Celtics, then the Hawks at home then orlando sorry then charlotte on the road chicago on the road they got blown out and then they lost to detroit again on the road so two losses to the pistons a loss to the hornets and then a route in chicago they got the jazz on friday that's gonna be a tough game so goodness the raptors have fallen off a cliff in the last week and a half and The COVID postponements surely have something to do with that. But now they got the team with the best record right now in the West coming up next. So my goodness, it is not looking good right now for the Toronto Raptors. But knowing the team's pedigree, they will be back in the mix, I think, at some point this season. I mean, right now when you look at the East, right, you can't count the Raptors out. The Pacers, though they've lost two in a row, you can't count them out. Chicago's been up and down, but they're still very much in the mix, only a half, sorry, one game back of the Knicks for the final spot in the eighth spot, and then remember, four through, I guess you could look at four through ten, four games separate those teams, and the Raptors are only a half game back of that, so the Knicks are only two games back of the fourth spot, and this is all very much up for grabs right now, I mean, everybody's still very much in the mix with a lot of games left to be played, so you know april and may obviously will be huge but the rest of march key games coming up for a lot of teams and again the knicks have a team in orlando that's really struggling tonight you guys will know the result when the podcast goes out big opportunity for the knicks despite the injuries to right the ship and get back to 500 and make up a little bit of ground in the eastern conference now in the west i i didn't have to look far uh for my stock down team we'll get to them in a second my stock up team. I'm gonna go with the Spurs, and I feel like because again we've had two weeks to I've had two weeks to to deliberate this a little bit. A lot of teams in the top half of the West have figured things out. The Lakers have won three in a row. Uh, the Suns are now up to second place in the West. They definitely deserve consideration, no question. But the Spurs, I I feel like were definitely a team that was not considered potentially a playoff team but right now they've got the golden state warriors i thought would be a shoe in despite the injuries they've had this year of being a playoff team i think you look at them and you think wow you know the spurs have overtaken them they've won two in a row Uh, despite their home woes a little bit they're a 500 team at home they're 11 and 6 on the road this season san antonio so really impressive stuff there and they're at the top of their division at the moment and and again you know they've had the rub of the green a little bit with the schedule at times but you know despite a couple of blowouts mixed in there they've had some solid performances including you know back-to-back wins on the road at detroit and at chicago they got the the Cavs on friday so a little stock up on the spurs you know all of a sudden they're a team to kind of watch but again you know again you look at the suns as well they're my runner up this week for stock up holy moly second seed in the in the west i mean i had a feeling they'd be really good with chris paul i did not think they'd be this good and they have again shown that you know just adding that veteran presence on that team has done wonders uh for phoenix and they're up to second in the east sorry in the west so it's very big kudos to the Suns. they've been fantastic this season as well and they might you know again when we do this again phoenix could end up being that team if they keep this up that we highlight a lot so but with booker with paul with uh deandre ayton really strong really strong from the suns and overall you know again you look at the the last you know few weeks suns have won six of their last seven so and again they beat the lakers they beat the warriors you know, and then after that, you know, some cupcake games, including a loss to the to the Pacers, but good stuff from Phoenix, runners up. But I'll, I'll give it to San Antonio because it was unex. This has been unexpected a little bit they, that they're this high in the standings, but Phoenix, I'll tell you what, Phoenix deserves some shout out, some clout as well for what they've done since they've added Chris Paul during the off season. Stock down again. Didn't have to look too far for the stock down this week. I don't correct me if I'm wrong for those that listen to the show week in and week out that have, that have not missed many shows. And first of all, thank you for that. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. This might've been my stock down team. The last time we did this because they there's still, they still, I don't know if they've won a game since I last did this, but the Houston Rockets have lost now 18 games in a row. And are 11 and 28. Remember when they were kind of okay? They were figuring it out. And they were kind of proving some of the doubters wrong. Yeah, they were 11 and 10 when that was going on. And since then, it's completely fallen apart. And I had to look this up uh, before the show when I was putting together the rundown. The last time that the Rockets won a game and and to be fair it might have been you know last time we did stock up stock down it's that long ago the last time they won a game was february 5th against the memphis grizzlies on the road they won 115 to 103 john wall had 22 points and i think demarcus cousins had a decent game no he actually didn't play that great uh eric gordon played well uh and the you know the bench didn't do a ton uh house jr played okay christian wood had you know 17 and then the big performance other than that was uh, jay sean tate had 19 as a starter but since then uh it's fallen apart for houston obviously the rockets just traded pj tucker to the bucks um pj is wanted long out of there uh not really having it anymore and i was looking at the full team stats on this rockets team and it's not good that the most qualified guy on this team for points per game is jay sean tate because he hasn't he's the only one that's played the the amount of games that can count for league or team leaders on the team he leaves the team in all major categories except for blocks so jay sean tate's 10 points five rebounds almost two assists and one steal per game those are team leading numbers because james harden's numbers don't count he got traded christian woods not played in enough games victor oladipo got let go he doesn't count and and now demarcus cousins is you know he's checked out gone and now pj tucker's been traded the, the Rockets almost have nobody left and and again the last the last thing and I'm, I know I'm burying the Rockets here but 18 straight is 18 straight I don't know what the league record is it's a franchise record Rockets have never lost this many games in a row in franchise history but their starting lineup for Golden State I forgot to look at this but I'm pretty sure it was it was jaw-dropping um again Golden State won 108 to 94 the other night against Houston here's the starting lineup for your houston rockets your 11 and 28 houston rockets daniel house jr who had 11 points the other night kevin porter jr christian wood who's going to be the leading scorer by the end of the season but isn't right now because of the lack of games played the aforementioned jay sean tate was terrible against golden state sterling brown and again daniel house jr those are your starting five for your houston rockets so anthony lamb is off the bench kenyon martin jr off the bench justin Patton, and mason jones so again i misspoke a little bit about why everyone isn't playing so let me let me clarify pj tucker's been traded james harden long since traded john wall's hurt he's got a left knee contusion victor oladipo's out with a right quad And DeMarcus Cousins basically publicly said he's checked out. So the the Houston Rockets have fallen apart. The Houston Rockets, who were good, who were surprising everybody at the beginning of the season, have lost 18 in a row, and it's stocked down, 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 down the drain right now for Houston. Goodness gracious. And all eyes now are on Tillman Fertitta for what the heck he's going to do next Because if he's not too careful, they're going to keep extending this franchise losing streak. They've got the Pistons on Friday night at home. And if they don't win that game, I don't know when they're going to win another game. They could go 0 in March. That's how bad it's been for the Houston Rockets. That's going to end this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Guys and gals, thanks as always for listening to the show. You guys are the best. From the beginning... You guys have supported this show and you listen week in and week out. I really appreciate it. During these tough times we've been going through over the last year or so, you guys have continued to listen to the podcast and I can't thank you guys enough for doing that. As always, you can contact me about the Knicks or the NBA on Twitter at stj 7 And of course, in the comments section on postingandtoasting.com. And until then, I'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting Podcast Network.